Welcome to the Rory Rutback. I'm your host, Jeff Marone, and I have a great interview for you guys today with the head coach of PC's cheerleading team, Melissa Scungio D'Amico, and I'm happy to bring to you an RI sports-focused podcast where we deep dive into our local high school, college, and athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Rory Runback episode 59. I have a great interview for you guys today with the head coach of PC's cheerleading team, Coach Melissa Scongio D'Amico. Great interview with Melissa. I really enjoyed our conversation as Melissa talks about her journey into cheerleading and where it has taken her to today. Just a great interview. She's just a great hard worker. Uh, just awesome to talk to her about where she got and how uh, where she where she's been and how she got to where she is today. Awesome. Just so much fun. And, you know, she's just a hard worker. She gives back to the community. A uh, great person. PC is very lucky to have her uh, as their coach. Uh, she talks about her journey when she started at North Kingston as an alternate, as a freshman, how she worked hard to learn a back handspring, how she ended up at URI and cheerleading at URI, her decision to get into coaching, and then her decision to go to PC and become the head coach at PC, and what her time's been like at PC. Just a great interview overall. We had a lot of fun. Um, you guys will really enjoy this episode. But before we get into that episode, remember you guys can watch today's episode on YouTube by searching Rotary Runback. And just remember to hit that share, like, and subscribe button, or just stay tuned here. If you, you know, you're driving, working out, whatever, you can't watch it, just listen here on the podcast platform that you're currently listening to. Just remember to hit that share, like, and subscribe button. Thank you very much. And here is our episode with Melissa. On today's show, I welcome on a very special guest. She is the head coach of the PC Cheerleading Squad. She is Melissa Scungio. D'Amico, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing really well. Um, you know, Melissa, I got. I asked everyone this question before we even start. How are you holding up during these crazy COVID times? Um, honestly, I'm doing good. Um, managing to make the best out of what's going on. Just fortunate to be healthy and my family and friends are doing well. So I honestly can't really complain. Um, definitely missing the team. I mean, it's just so crazy. Um, practices have been so scarce this semester and the team is definitely missing each other. Every game day just feels so strange, not preparing, you know, getting ready, everyone in the locker room getting pumped and being at the dunk, like just really missing all of that. Yeah, I'm sure it's a little different when you're like so used to like a routine, like you're you get ready for like basketball season and everything, and now it's kind of just not there. It's a, it's got to be a weird, a weird, weird feeling for sure. Definitely, I never in a, in a million years would have imagined like having practices on Zoom. Like what yeah. does that mean? <laughs> like how yeah, exactly was mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy, and like thank God for Zoom. I'm sure a lot of people are using it. I'm sure Zoom is making a ton of money right now. <laughs> all this stuff that's going on Definitely. um all right so i want to before we talk about uh you know currently being at pc and everything i want to know how did you get into uh cheerleading sure um so i don't really remember honestly how i got into it but i do know that i fell in love with the sport pretty quickly um i was in fifth grade when i started with the north kingstown jaguars preteen 
Um, not only did I love the sport, but it honestly quickly became one of uh, my most important outlets as I was growing up. Um, I am the oldest of four and my dad was a single dad and he, um, you know, had to do it on his own. So my responsibilities at home were just super demanding. Um, when my youngest siblings were born, I was 11 and their mom went into postpartum depression and I had to find a way to take care of my siblings while still being a student athlete. Um, it was, it was pretty tough, but, um, you know, I feel like looking back that definitely had a huge impact on, you know, why I love cheer so much because number one, it was an outlet and I loved it there. And, you know, number two, I think it had just the whole process of even being able to go to cheer every day. Um, you know, it had a huge impact on my like, get it done mindset. You know, I think about, you know, being challenged at such a young age in some of the areas of my life. And I, if I wanted something like going to cheer and I had all of these responsibilities, I had to, you know, regardless of obstacles or challenges, somehow, some way I had to find a way to make it happen. Um, and it definitely became just like a trend throughout my life. That's um, awesome. I really appreciate the sport. That's great. I mean, that's, that's awesome that you're, that sounds like a great outlet. I'm sure, you know, being an 11, having those responsibilities is that's, that's got, I mean, may, probably made you grow up really fast. I'm sure cheerleading was nice to have that great outlet, like you had mentioned, and just fall in love with it and something to escape. And I'm sure like that, that, that's awesome that you were able to do that, like, and keep, keep going with the sport and keep going and, you know, end up where you are today. I mean, in high school, you won a, a, a state championship. What was that? What's that feeling like? <laughs> I would say everyone definitely uh, loved that day. Of course, it was awesome. Um, it's so crazy when, you know, for a lot of cheerleaders, when they do their routine, um, sometimes you just honestly, you've done it so many times. And when the, when it's like you're at States, you, I, I personally just blacked out during it, honestly, like, <laughs> it was just done and over. And I'm like, Oh my God. But, um, I do remember some like very vivid details. Um, like I remember right before we went on the mat, you know, we're all standing at the back of the mat, holding each other, just listening to the music and 50 cent in the club was playing. And I'm like, that obviously dates me but like that was playing when we were just like rocking side to side like getting hyped uh but then i don't remember any really part of the performance and then it was done and we look up and we see our coaches just going absolutely nuts and so that's when we knew we're like all right we hit our routine let's let's celebrate and you know we went running off the mat just hugging each other i'm just being super excited so you know that was definitely a good feeling but uh it's it's crazy because in the moment you're like i'm a state champion you know and that's you know, you don't think about what it took to get there. Yeah. And, you know, now as a coach or just as an adult, you look back and I'm like, what does that really mean? Like, you're asking me, like, what was that feeling? Well, in the moment, it was great, you know, but, you know, looking back, I think about how that shaped me as a coach and how important it is that people really think about the process that it took to get there, the process that it took to win a state championship. And that's definitely something that, you know, you have to learn to respect or you're just not going to improve and you're not going to make it to the next level. Um, you know, cheering at North Kingstown taught me a lot about challenging my comfort zone and relentless hard work. I remember, honestly, this is so crazy and not like a lot of people know this, but my freshman year, I made the team as an alternate for varsity. And right. I, yeah, <laughs> and um, I worked my butt off and ended up being able to compete that year. Um, but, you know, it, it's crazy because then from there, it was like, okay, well, my next goal is not just to be on the team and, and compete, but I want to get a back handspring. That was like the skill at the time. Like, all right, if you have a back handspring, like you're that next level cheerleader. And so I'm like, okay, well, 
my family doesn't have any money. So how am I going to get a back handspring if I don't have any gymnastics experience? Mm -hmm. So I saved up, you know, I did a bunch of errands around the house and in the neighborhood, like helping people with lawns and, you know, things like that and saved up a hundred dollars. And back then with a hundred dollars, you could get four one hour private lessons in gymnastics. And I literally told myself, I'm like, I have four classes to get a back handspring or I will have wasted all this time and energy to get this hundred dollars to get this skill and I won't have a back handspring. And so long story short, class number four, before I left, I was like, all right, I need to do it. If I don't do it, all this will be for nothing. And so I ended up getting the back handspring and it was just one of those moments that I look back and I'm like, what? This takes people years to get, you know, when you don't have like a foundation in gymnastics, it takes a while, you know? And, I just think about kind of like the same thing, like I said before, about like the get it done mindset and just, you know, being a part of a highly competitive program, how that pushes your comfort zone. It makes you work really hard because you just want to be better. And, uh, you know, it's just, I think all of that led into me as a coach, but also us winning that state championship. And, um, you know, it was just cool that North Kingstown's only state cheerleading championship class of 2004 made it happen so <laughs> good job to you guys if you're listening <laughs> that's, that's awesome and that's that's crazy that like you like saved up all that money and like were determined to get that back handspring and like that like that's at that age at that responsibility i think like that just shows like what kind how dedicated you were to the sport and like how important it was to you so like reach that level and like the do a hand like I can't do any gymnastics now like with anything that I try to do at the gym I'm like trying to do like CrossFit stuff I'm like oh my bad I, I have no like so to be able to pull that off at like and work hard to do it that just says like what type of person you are and what the determination and how much passion you have for the sport because you want to help out your team and make it better definitely definitely and I think it does carry into like me now with my kids that are on my team you know I'm just like make it happen you know, yeah. you know, you can do it, you know, you can make it happen. Let's go. That's, you know, I just kind of have that mindset. That's great. And now I got to ask, did you guys get a, like a ring or a jacket after you won the state championship? How about so, you know, what's so funny is that back then we just like, we didn't even do that for cheerleading because it just wasn't at, I don't know. We just wasn't a thing. Really? Probably only in the last like 10 years have cheerleaders really been getting um, rings and jackets. Oh no, we gotta, we gotta pro, we gotta go back and we gotta. <laughs> make sure you get one we get i'll talk to some people we got people <laughs> um so now after your high school career is over with what's the decision to get into college and you know chairing college and go to uri sure um so cheering at uri was an absolutely incredible experience um i loved being a part of the roadie spirit groups between cheering at the football and basketball games, bringing you know, energy to campus events and volunteering in the community, I really just learned a lot about how to carry myself as a professional, young, responsible adult, um, you know, which wasn't a focus in high school. High school was just all about the skill and you know, getting better. And, you know, and that's obviously part of college too, but it was just that next level of becoming an adult and being a professional. And um, you know, that was really cool. So, you know, cheering at that level pretty much just taught me not only to be a better athlete, but to be a young, responsible adult. And I just really love that and have translated that into my philosophy, you know, at Providence and you know, just really preparing these kids for life. Uh, but, um, 
Yeah, sorry. No, no, that's great. That's awesome. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Um, and then as for my decision to go to URI, I would say that this process was definitely a little different for me than most of the people that I was around in North Kingstown. Um, at NK, most of the kids are definitely going to college. Um, and growing up, no one in my family had been had gone to college, but for some reason, I had just had this mindset that I was going. Um, and when I started voicing that about my sophomore year, you know, I was pretty much told by my dad, who I love more than anything and has been the most supportive human in my life. Um, you know, he told me, he's like, you need to stop thinking about college. Like, you're not going to college. We don't have money. I can't pay for you to go. So just get it out of your head. I'm really proud of you. You're great. You're killing it in school. That's great. But you need to start thinking about other, other opportunities in the future. And I just, I mean, I remember just, being like, huh, what, why? Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, I don't know where I got the mindset that I was going since no one in my family had gone, um, but I just knew I was gonna make it happen. And so, you know, long story short, um, I didn't, my dad didn't have any money to give me for college applications. So I had found out that the talent development program at URI, which is a phenomenal program. Um, it's pretty much a program that offers access to marginalized populations. Um, and just like supports finding opportunities for those groups. Um, so it's that type of program at URI and their application was free. So I was like, okay, like this is the only way I'm gonna go to college. So I'm gonna apply to URI through TD and see what happens. And I got in, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> My friends had like applied to 12 different schools. I got into eight, like, I don't know which one to go to. I gotta go visit these different schools. I'm like, well, I hope I get into URI because that's the only application I can fill out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, from there, you know, I went and, you know, got my dad's paperwork for the FAFSA, filled that all out on my own. And, uh, you know, just looking back is crazy to think about, you know, being 18 years old and just making it happen on your own. You know, I just, it's crazy. That's yeah, it is crazy. And that's there's that like that make it happen attitude <laughs> from like, you know, from it's always seems like from the back spring to, you know, I'm gonna go to college. I'm just gonna make it happen. That's awesome that you went to college. What did you uh study in college? If you don't mind me asking. Kinesiology. Kinesiology? Mm -hmm. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. About to become a phys ed teacher, which is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, and now how did you like what and now you're part of uh, wow, excuse me. You're part of the UCA and what does that meant to you? And then also how did you get into coaching at like between those two things? Sure. Um, so pretty much I'd say my junior year of college, um, I knew that I wanted to continue to be a part of the year program in some capacity, um, you know, assisting, helping out, whatever, you know, whatever role. Um, and so I'd say between what I learned from my high school coaches Amanda Marzullo, Melissa Kelly, they're just phenomenal. They're still my good friends. Um, you know, what I learned from them being a state championship team, um, my experience in college of just growing up and then, you know, cheering at the next level. My coach, Ray Lyons, he's impacted my life, you know, far beyond cheer and working for UCA, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, all three of those things definitely gave me the foundation and the inspiration to want to be a college coach and so, like I said, junior year, I knew I wanted to somehow be a part. And by the time I was, you know, about midway through senior year, Ray, my college coach, you know, approached me about staying as a part of the staff. And, you know, I was super excited, um, you know, 
it was definitely weird coaching your friends, yeah. um, but you know, I was able to learn some basic college coaching or just coaching skills in general in the beginning with a lot of guidance and with him being a huge part of everything. And then kind of like transitioning where after about two years of being his assistant, he allowed me to step up and take his role as head coach. And um, that was really awesome. So I'd say just my experiences with all of the coaches that made me who I am today and, um, and UCA, I was inspired to take it to the next level and lead a group at the college level and just make a difference for those kids. That's awesome. That's great. That's really great that you got into it. And how did you like, as you mentioned, you mentioned all three of those um, college, you know, those coaches, your high school coaches and your college coach. What did you learn to like actually create your your coaching philosophy from the, those guys and then like kind of make something out of your own as well? Yeah, sure. Um, I would say that if I think about my about a coaching philosophy or any any philosophy, you know, for me as a coach and for all coaches, what you do and believe in, your priorities, different strategies, how you handle situations, etc., that all evolves over time with maturity and experience. And you know who I was as a coach when I first started at URI at you know 23 years old, and who I am now as a coach at Providence College at 34 um, is definitely very different. But because of what I learned from my high school and college coaches and UCA. Um, it honestly, it kind of guided me in some very like core principles. And so for me right now, and for always, I guess, um, the principles that I pride myself on and that guide all of my decision-making, even if things, you know, factors change, I always focus on number one, building meaningful relationships with the athletes, which even, you know, every, every principle I'll tell you right now has evolved over time, but the core is there building meaningful relationships, you know, with my athletes creating a culture where team standards are something to live up to, not just a set of rules that are placed on a team. You have to follow these rules or this is the consequence. It's more about having standards that we all believe in, that this makes you a good person and a good teammate, you know, to live up to those rules and then holding everyone to that team standard. If you're agreeing that you want to be a Providence College cheerleader and these are the standards and you're agreeing to this, like you want to be this kind of person. And so if you don't follow through with what you should be doing, you will accept, you know, whatever consequence or, or whatever that comes with that, you know? And I think that's one of the coolest things about, about my team right now is that we have built a team standard that everyone wants to live up to. And I, and I love that. Um, and then the last thing is just, you know, this is probably the most important thing I'd say in terms of just looking back for everybody is creating an all around unforgettable student athlete experience. And, you know, it really is all about the memories that you make with your best friends. And, you know, now with, with our Fryer family, that is what matters more than anything. You know, you think back to your memories, your best friends, and you don't remember what you guys did, but you know, it was awesome, you know? Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of, I'd say that that's, those are my core principles. And I always, remind myself how all of these things truly work hand in hand together. Because if you're lacking in any one of those three areas, it's not going to be a complete experience for people. You know, like, for example, I explain this all the time. And even if it's the same thing as a teacher, if my athletes know that I love and respect them as a human being first, then when they, I have to deal with an issue or I have to critique them, it comes to, they can, they can take it so much better, yeah. you know? If they're thinking that I only care about them as an athlete, or if I don't really care about them, if they have any thoughts like that, then they, it's really hard to take criticism or hard to be pushed 
hard to deal with consequences even, you know? And so I feel like it all does work together. And if I am creating this unbelievable experience, everyone does want to be a part of it. So they kind of take it all, you know, all in stride. That's awesome. I, I love it. I think that's great that you're all three of them all connect and how they all work out. And I think that, that's just amazing. And I think one of the things too, the, the third one of like, you know, creating an incredible experience and making it fun. I think being a college athlete is a special, like, like it's a special thing that like a lot of people don't get to experience and you get to have like these moments that like a lot of people don't get to experience and you want to make it fun. And I think I love that. That's part of your philosophy and that you do that. Absolutely. Trevor and I, my husband, Trevor, who, you know, yeah. uh, like, you know, division three basketball. And we actually just talked about this the other day that the thing about being a college athlete or one of the things that's so special, it's not something that you can just get. You can't buy it. You can't just put yourself there. Like you have to work to get there. And then once you get there, you know, all of the opportunities that arise and the experiences that you have are something that only a small group of people could ever relate to, you know, and regardless if it's D1 or D3, it's still being a college student athlete is just another level of experience that is so incredible. And you just, you don't know it unless you know it. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. I mean, um, very fortunate to play. And then there was people that you, I always tell my athletes when I coach, I was like, if you have the chance to play, I say, you go give it a shot because you're not going to experience that again. And I have the opportunity and you don't want to look back at it and say, I wish I did that. So that, that's great that you, uh, you make it a great experience for the, for your, your team. And I'm sure they really enjoy that. Definitely. I feel very fortunate to have a platform to prepare these guys for life and teach life skills, you know, through cheer, you know, and, and having something that they love. You know, if you love a sport and you want to stick to it and I'm able to use that platform to teach you life skills and prepare you for life. I mean, I will do everything I can. And that's just in my in my bones to make sure that you have everything, you know, have the best experience here and that you're prepared for life. That's awesome. That's great. I, I think that's a, a great mentality. And I think uh, PC and your, your team is very lucky to have you as their coach. Um, you know, it's a, it's a very lucky. Um, but before we get into PC, I want to know, when you coached at URI, your team made their first nationals, you guys played fifth, placed fifth. What does that mean to you guys for doing that for such a small school that you were, you were around? Um, so placing fifth our first year at nationals was honestly indescribable um the athletes that prepared and like led i don't know i don't even i don't even know how to explain it like the kids who put in the work even before that team before we knew we would make it to nationals knowing that they were never going to step foot on the mat at nationals i mean i have so much love and respect for those kids first of all and they know who they are they put in the works knowing that we need to train to get to the next level even though we're graduating and this is going to be for next year's team. I, first of all, I have to shout out those kids, but um, placing fifth obviously was indescribable. For, you know, for some people, fifth place might not sound ideal, but fifth place for, you know, mid-sized D1 school in Little Rhode Island, our first time going all girl to college nationals. I mean, it just showed the country that we were something to talk about, which is amazing. I remember some of the people, you know, asking, what the heck is a roadie, you know, because they had these signs that said R-H-O-D-Y. Yeah, yeah. It's roadie, like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was awesome. And, um, you know, initially our goal going down to nationals that year was just to, was to make it to finals, which was a big goal. Um, that's top 10. And that in itself is a huge goal, given that it was our first time at nationals, um, you know, but 
I have to tell you about this this one moment yeah. when they announced that we were going to finals. If you could, if I could have a picture of this, you would you would just crack up. So they're you know listing the schools that are making it. They've they've named nine schools. Okay, there's only one more team moving on to finals, and there's no other school that starts with university. Everything else was you know Moorhead State. Um, you know, just schools that were just, they didn't start with the, the word university. Yeah. So they're about to name the last school going into finals. And they, all they said was Uni and my team, I mean, literally exploded <laughs> the madness. And uh, I mean, they had, it was as if they won the national championship. They just were so excited to make it to finals. And so with that being said, you could, you could just feel how placing fifth was, you know what I mean? It was just, it was amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Is there any video evidence of this that we could see that? Like for you? <laughs> I think there actually is a photo, but oh my gosh, I can't even think of where it is right now. But that moment, <laughs> and then just to think after that to play fifth, you know, it was it was really cool. I mean, the whole experience is just such a special, you know, first time as a coach going down there, first team from URI all girl to go down there. Um, and I just, I have so many great relationships with so many of, the, of, of all my former athletes, but there's just like, you know, that crew, they know we have a really special bond, um, you know, and we've continued to stay really close and, you know, reflect on that. And it's been cool. That's awesome. That's so cool. That's great that you guys got to experience that. And that's great for the University of Rhode Island. Now, what's your decision to go to PC? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this question always kills me. <laughs> the rivalry. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, so leaving URI was something that I honestly never saw coming. I, I didn't have it in my mind. I just loved URI. I was roadie born, roadie bred, you know, the whole fight song. And um, you know, I loved URI for so many reasons. And my you know, experience there as a student athlete was memorable. I love the program, you know, that my mentor, Ray, my assistants and all the former athletes and I had had built together. Um, you know, I bled Keeney Blue, if you will. <laughs> and, um, you know, however, after six years of coaching there, you know, I came to the realization that our program was not receiving the support and the funding that it needed to continue to progress. Um, and I and it wasn't changing anytime soon. And and I needed I just needed more for the program. And, um, you know, with three successful national appearances, you know, our commitment to top-notch game day experience at the Ryan Center, all the community campus events that we supported, I felt like the team needed more. I wanted to do more. And I didn't feel like I was going to be able to do that um, at Providence College, you know, so so that was really tough. Um, so at the completion of my sixth season, um, Providence did approach me with an opportunity and of course, my initial thought was, heck no, uh, I cannot leave your eye for the enemy. I will not even consider this thought. Uh, no, that's the enemy. That's the other school. That's negative, like that you can imagine. And, you know, everybody here knows, you know, the in-state rival basketball game, URIPC basketball game, you know, one of the biggest rival, uh, in-state rival games. Yeah. And I had been on the blue side for 11 years. So, I mean, I literally was like, absolutely no way. Like, who are these people even, how could they even address me? <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> <my> <laughs> <initial> <laughs> But, uh, you know, then once I brought down my little roadie spirit barrier for a second and brought out my adult brain, uh, <laughs> I thought, you know, I thought a little bit about the opportunity for growth as a coach and, you know, what I could experience at Providence 
really solidified my decision, you know, after talking to them and, you know, hearing about the different opportunities and, and I felt like what I needed and what I wanted to do to take URI to the next level, I would have that at Providence College. And I know that I'd be starting a lot lower experience wise with the athletes, but at least the opportunities and the resources were there to build a program the way that I want to build a program where my student athletes felt like student athletes and not just cheerleaders that were barely, you know, barely supported. Um, so that was just, you know, knowing, knowing that was huge. And then the second part was that I knew that I could grow as a coach so much more at Providence College because of those resources as well. You know, the, some of the things that Providence, you know, offered that, you know, that you or I didn't um, were a strength and conditioning coach. You know, I went, I'm a kinesiology major. Of course, I worked out my kids and they had great workouts and they were in incredible shape. But yeah. I would do that on top of coaching the cheerleading part. Yeah. As I, at PC, I would be able to have some support where my team would go to a morning lift and get their workout from another coach who's going to push them in a different way than I could push them. And, you know, that was one of like my, my number one, you know, one of my number one things. And then number two, um, we would have our own trainer and who would, you know, pre pre-practice wrapping, post-practice treatment, things that, you know, I think, I just think that you're always so big. I don't think that they could, you know, handle having like another team. Um, whereas PC is a little bit smaller. So they really take care. They're able to take care of all of their individual teams. And, you know, just thinking about what my athletes could benefit from in those areas, you know, I, I was so excited for them and I was excited for myself to be able to build a program that had those things, you know, to recruit and sell the program and, and get people in. That's, that's awesome. That's great. I mean, it's unfortunate with URI that you weren't able, they weren't able to provide those things, but at least, you know, at PC, you have that. And that's great that you have all those things that you need to, you know, and then you can expand yourself on a better coach. You're also in the big East, which is huge. Like you get to go to Madison Square Garden for the tournaments and stuff like that. So like that. <laughs> stage has been so cool you know the a10 is a great conference but um you know obviously the big east is the big east and it yeah. has been an incredible experience um just being at that next next level stage and being at msg traveling on you know charter flights the ncaa tournament um things like that have just been absolutely incredible so pretty much i willingly became the benedict arnold of rhode island cheerleader <laughs> 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 I was gonna I was gonna ask what was it like to put on that you know the the black and silver and white instead of switching over from the bikini blue the first time it was very weird but I will say like you know like I said born and bred roadie bikini blue and you know and all that I've always been a Nike fan at heart so that also was huge I was like you know <laughs> So we're going black and white let's go <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i was gonna say you get the nut yeah the nike I'm, I'm a little jealous <laughs> that's that's great you get to here to um come up with outfits that match because that that bikini blue which i still adore for and i always will that's a tough color that, that's a tough color <laughs> it is a tough color it is a tough color <laughs> and now um how is like what's your squad like now at PC? I know you kind of touched upon it before, but like what's your squad like now that you have a PC and how they doing also during these times? Sure. Uh, taking the job at PC, as you know, is one of the best decisions of my life. And with that being said, my first year there was rough. It was just straight up rough. You know, I knew that uh, going in that skill wise, things would be a little bit lower. Um, but it, I found it was a little bit 
more than that. Um, you know, reality change is hard for anybody and coming into a program, you know, where I'm like super excited to make these changes. I'm told that I have a role to do this, this, and this, but then finding out that actually these athletes here really adored their last coach and they liked the program as it was, you know, that made change a lot more difficult because things that I was hired for were some of the things that they actually didn't really care for. But there were some kids who wanted to advance the program forward in a different direction. And, you know, and so did athletics. So that's where I came in, you know, yeah. um, you can imagine that, if they, you know, you have got 30 kids and they're like, but we really liked our coach and how it was. And now I'm like, well, we're going to change everything. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm here for that. It was, it was definitely tough. Um, you know, at the time when I arrived, the team was kind of functioning more as an activity and their, their sole role was to cheer the basketball games. And upon my hire, my role was to um, go deeper than that. They wanted to, they wanted me to improve their presence within school and athletics, like just their, their presence. It should be positive. It should be energetic. It should be supportive. And they didn't really have that reputation. So I needed to kind of fix that part of them. Um, and then also just to build a more complete spirit program to improve the game day experience at the dunk. And, um, you know, so I did do that. I focused immediately on, you know, creating some standards for them to live up to as, you know, young ambassadors of the school being cheerleaders. Like that's typically, you know, your role is to be an ambassador, to be present on campus with positive energy and support different things that are going on. And, you know, so we immediately immerse them into the campus and community between event, attending events, volunteering in the community, um, just setting different expectations as to how they would carry themselves as a Providence College cheerleader. Um, that was like one part of it. And then um, as for the game day piece, um, I connected with the band director, the dance coach and mascots, and just introduced the idea of working as one cohesive group, which is how big schools do it. But at Providence, they were they just weren't doing that. They they were kind of separate little entities. And yeah. kind of how I pushed it was, all right, so simply if each team has 20 people on it, 20 people on band, 20 people on cheer, 20 people on dance, and they're each doing their own thing to create crowd engagement at the dunk. Well, the chance of anybody responding in a 15,000 capacity arena is not gonna be good. Yeah. Now you combine all of those groups and you have now closer to 80 people, 90 people with the same goal, the chance of the crowd response increases greatly. And that was what I spent my whole first year doing. All right, let's all do something so that like it becomes a thing. So people will yell back what we want them to yell back. And there'll be this home court advantage feeling that everybody knows what's going on and creating this experience um, at the dunk. And so that's pretty much what I spent my whole first year doing. Um, it was awesome. It was really cool to see the transformation. Yeah, that's really cool. That's that's great. I, that's that's awesome. You got the player like engagement, change that whole mentality. That's that's awesome. Absolutely, and it just makes it more fun when the group is bigger and more people are doing what you want them to do. You know, so you know, so that was cool. And then you know, the second year we focused on building physical strength to improve stunting and tumbling skills, just pretty much to make them stronger athletes. And so we we spent a whole year on that. And then year three. We're at the point where we could compete, and we did. The 2018-2019 squad represented down at you know ESPN at the you know college nationals, the first team from Providence to compete down in Orlando, um, which is really awesome. And then year four, which was last year, 
we competed again. That was our second season. And we actually went from 21st place, which is a little rough, to 11th place, which is a huge jump. Um, you know, and then our goal for this year was to make it to finals. Um, but, you know, actually, speaking of, this weekend is Nationals weekend. And I just posted on our Instagram, like, dang, like, we should be down there right now. This is competition day. So, yeah. Yeah, we're obviously stalled out by COVID, so. <laughs> yes, it stinks. <laughs> it's tough, but that, that's awesome that, like, I like the, 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 pl- like the, like the three-step plan. It's almost like a business plan that you had rolled out for when you first, like, got in there. It's like, all right, we're going to do this first, then we're going to attack this the second year, and then the third year, this is where we want to be. And that's, that's awesome that you, uh, you know, brought the, a new mentality and a new, like just a whole new like genre, like I don't know how to say it, like but like brought a whole new attitude towards PC athletics and you know getting the crowd involved and making one big entity instead of keeping separate entities. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I was I would say that between how athletics looks at us now compared to how they looked at us four years ago is really incredible. I mean, these kids truly feel like student athletes. They're looked at as student athletes. You know, we used to not have a trainer um, present at practice because we weren't really, they didn't feel like we were really doing anything that required a trainer. And then once we got to the point where we were competing nationally, they were like, oh, dang, like you're doing some crazy stuff. Like we got to get a trainer down there. Like you're flipping people through the air and, you know, <laughs> some crazy stuff's happening. So, you know, that's been really cool. Um, and also the transformation of the dunk for me, like the, the full game day experience and how much the cheerleaders dance and band and mascot you know, are all involved. I just feel like it's just that next level. It's just a little bit closer to like that big school experience. Um, so that's been really cool. And I have to say, I mean, there's no way that this could happen without my coaching staff, my GAs, athletic department, everyone has been just so incredibly supportive. And, you know, before even getting there, I kind of talked to a few people that had worked at PC and, you know, they kept saying things like, oh my God, it's a great place to work. There's nothing but pride in Friartown. And I 100% can attest to that. There's so much pride in Friartown. You know, it's an incredible environment, special place to work. Um, there's passion, there's empathy, there's support. And like, there's just truly a family vibe. And, you know, I just, I really love that. And that's really helped to make our program what it, what it is today in, in just four or five years um, of being there. There's been such huge changes and it's because of the support and it's been amazing. That's great. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that uh, you're able to do that and you've been a part of that and making big things happen at PC and the dunk I'm sure is always rocking with the, you know, they always they have a good squad and with you guys helping out, it makes it much a louder energy, a good environment as well too. You run clinics and what's it like to be a part of the community, like, and help and make impact on other kids' lives. And you I mean, you touched upon that before. So what's it like to run those clinics? Yeah, running clinics is great. I've been doing that since I was in college. Um, And at this point, it's just come full circle in the sense that I will run clinics, my athletes will teach at those clinics, then they will graduate through the program, become a coach and bring their kid back to the clinics again. And and that really makes me feel like we're doing something good. You know, Um, obviously we have clinics to market our program, but ultimately it is to get kids to Providence or, you know, wherever I was coaching at the time to get that experience of learning from someone that you look up to, you know, and I remind my athletes all the time, these kids are paying money to come here because they look up to you and they want to learn from you. So let's give them the best experience of their lives and to see them step up into that role and create that experience for them is so cool, you know, and that's something that 
develops their leadership skills and that they will take with them for the rest of their lives. Um, just knowing that they stepped into this role of a leadership position where kids look up to you, you go over, you help them, you change their life and then you know move on to the next. And it's really cool to see them grow that way. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's great that you guys are able to make an impact on a little girl or a little boy's lives and have them, you know, they could eventually get into cheerleading and always say like, oh, you know, I just remember the PC squad was there and that's how I started getting into it. Like maybe down 10 years down the line could be interviewing someone and they're like, oh yeah, I remember like, yeah, something like, who knows? Uh, that's awesome that you guys do that. Yeah, they're um, actually, speaking of that, I have a funny story for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't share this story. So I told you that freshman year, of high school that I was an alternate going on to, you know, on to varsity. Yeah. So I found out that in that moment also, that if you don't go to summer camp, that you will not be eligible to compete on varsity. So I was like, whoa, like I know I'm an alternate, but like I'm going to work myself to compete, to be able to get on. So I got to go to camp. Oh, it's $322. And I was just like, uh what like I can't ask my dad for that money like what yeah. <laughs> like did a fundraise or anything and it was like no it's you know it's coming up pretty soon and I'm like oh my gosh what am I gonna do and um I was freaking out because I wanted to be able to work my hardest and it be in my control to compete and I wasn't gonna be able to because there's no way I was gonna get you know 300 plus dollars and maybe it was like a couple weeks away or something and um so somehow some way some camp cheerleading camp fairy saved my life and um, ended up paying for me to go to camp. And I still to this day don't know for sure who did it. Um, I do have some ideas, but that literally changed my life because as I told you, I did end up competing um, varsity at, you know, at, at, uh, sorry, at competition freshman year. And I don't know how different my life would be if I hadn't. Like, let's say that it was out of my control because I didn't go to camp. I wasn't going to be eligible to compete and push myself to the next level and feel that confidence or feel that, you know, passion to keep going. Cause for a lot of kids, like if they don't make it, they do stall out and they're kind of just like, man, like whatever, you know, maybe next year. And, and I just wonder how different my life would be if I didn't get that camp experience, be able to compete and compete all four years and then be good enough to keep pushing myself to go to college and, you know, and all this where I am now. And that is because of that camp experience. And so now I actually had, you know, reached out to a lot of coaches anytime we have clinics and I'm like, Hey, if there's a kid that wants to come to camp and can't afford it, let me know. And we'll take care of that because I, I want to make sure that if somebody wants to better themselves and they want to have a good experience and take it to the next level, whatever it is that they don't miss out because they can't afford to go to camp. So, you know, there are definitely like a lot of kids that are camps that we make sure that if there's someone that can't go to camp, and they want to go, we just, we will make it happen for them. That's awesome. I love that. And that, that's absolutely amazing because you're making like, you know, so many impact on your life and you're paying it for, you know, 10, tenfold for those, those kids who can't afford it. And I think, I think that's amazing. So that that's great that you, you guys do that and just makes, you know, shout out to your program and everything that you guys do. So like for doing that, you're changing, making a huge impact on some, some kids life out there that couldn't afford it, but now they're able to get there. So I think that's, I think mean, that's just absolutely amazing. I think that's what it's all about too. It's all about the kids. And yeah, I, think that's, yeah, that's I think, I mean, I just think back, I'm like, this could have seriously been a game changer for my life. And if that's what it is, like, I got to get these kids to camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I, I love that. And that's, that's truly amazing. 
Um, now, when I, we have a couple more questions and we'll wrap it up, but um, what's the most difficult thing about cheerleading that people don't know? Hmm. There's, there's definitely some interesting facets to cheer that people have no clue. Um, I think, let me think. Probably the amount of trust and technique that is needed to perform elite stunting skills. You know, what people see at games and what we do for nationals are two completely different things. And yeah. <laughs> there's actually, I have a funny story of a parent who had, um, you know, their child was a senior and their first time ever going to nationals was her senior year. And they've seen her cheer games her, you know, all four years. Well, when they saw her down at nationals, they were like, what was that? Like, we've never seen anything like that before. And I'm like, well, yeah, like what we do at nationals is not the same stuff that we do, you know, at basketball games because there's no mats and it's just not safe. Um, so I probably would say, yeah, the amount of trust and technique that is needed for, um, you know, to perform those elite skills and just like how the, the amount of trust that is built and the reps that it takes to make it happen, you know, mentally and physically, it, it's, it's a lot. And then, the crazy part is, is that we do all that work for nationals and then no, no one sees it except the people at nationals. And it's not the Providence college community. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like, wow, you're practicing so much and you're doing so much. And like, you don't really do anything too crazy at the games. And it's like, well, the games are not meant for those crazy skills. The games are meant for us to lead the crowd and get everybody pumped up. And it's also on hardwood floor. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to take the risk of dropping someone or someone getting hurt. So, yeah. exactly. so it's probably just kind of like thinking about the work and effort and everything that goes into do such hard skills. And then being like, yeah, we're athletes. And people are like, oh, but you just do this at games. Maybe just like kind of balancing that thought. Um, yeah, so it's definitely, it's, it's interesting and uh, doing it all with a smile, of course, no matter what's going on. Like we are doing some crazy stuff, but you still gotta be smiling. Uniform's gotta be on point. Makeup's gotta be good. Hair's gotta be good. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> all <of> that. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's great. Yeah, I'm sure a lot, like you said, a lot of people don't see what you guys do, but I'm sure I've watched some of the competitions on ESPN and they, the way people get tossed and all that stuff that freak me out. So kudos to you guys doing that and having done that. Um, now, last question here. Favorite thing to do outside of cheerleading? Um, I Honestly, I just feel like at this point in my life, it's just making memories of my friends and family. Um, I love working out. You know, no longer being an, an athlete did not change the fact that I still love to be challenged physically and mentally. Um, so I, you know, I consistently am, am in the gym and challenging myself that way. Um, actually, my husband, Trevor and I, we have kind of gotten into the, the idea of having an event to train for. So that way we're not just like always working out and challenging our bodies, which is great and consistent, but having like something different to train for, to change our training and to push ourselves in a way that we're not used to. So for example, we ran a half marathon. Well, neither of us really like running, um, but you will have to train to run a half marathon. And so we got onto this regimen and, you know, pushed ourselves and made it happen. So like, that was really cool. And then we went back to our normal workouts and then it was like, okay, what's our next challenge? Um, Grand Canyon. Yeah. Let's just hike rim to rim Grand Canyon, 25 miles. Yeah. Let's do it. So, you know, we, we had a group that, that set it up, but, um, you know, we trained for that and that was like completely different training than we had ever experienced before. 
Um, but you know, it was cool to have just like a, something to train for. Um, and of course we're competitive. So we're like, what's the average, we're like Googling, what's the average time to hike the Grand Canyon? They're like, don't do it in a day unless you're really physically fit. We're like, okay, well we can do that. And like, but if you um, do train for it, it'll probably be, you know, say like 15 plus hours or 12, I think it was like 12 to 15 hours. And so we're like, well, we got to beat that time. And so I'm not going to brag about our time, but we definitely were under the average time frame. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. That's really good for you guys. Yeah, it makes the training fun. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's great that you guys are able to do that and keep that comp- competitive spirit up and do it. It's also healthy too that you guys are able to do it healthy and keep it in a, keep it that way. But that's awesome. That's great. Uh, you know, coach, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, great to have you on the show. I really appreciate your time. Um, like I had mentioned before, I think PC and your team is very, very extremely lucky to have you in the community around us. This is very lucky to have you in the area and what you do for the community as well. So it's just awesome. Thank you again for being on the show. I appreciate your time and everything. Yeah, and thank you for having me. This has been awesome. I love what you're doing. I've been listening to your podcast literally every morning on my way to school. I listen to a new one. Um, so that's been really fun and keep it up. It's really, it's really great to, you know, hear what's going on in Rhode Island at high school, college level coaches, athletes, you know, Rhode Island's so small and everybody knows somebody that knows somebody and you're like, wait, I know that person. Um, and you just kind of want to know what's going going on in the state. So I love, you know, listening to the different podcasts. Thank you very much. I appreciate the kind words. Yeah. Slowly getting there. We're growing it fast and faster and it's getting to where we want it to be. I want everyone to, you know, get on, try to get on here and get a platform and, you know, Rhode Island deserves it. Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks, thanks, Coach. I appreciate it. All right. That was my interview with Melissa. Great interview with Coach Melissa Scongio D'Amico. Awesome interview. Enjoyed our conversation very much. Very excited for her season next year with the for cheerleading. She's doing a great job over there and uh, leading her squad. On Wednesday, I bring to you the episode is uh, Trevor D'Amico, who is actually Melissa's husband. He is the assistant coach at EWG. Great interview with Trevor. He talks about his journey and how he got into coaching and, you know, gives some good life advice in that episode. I really enjoyed our conversation as well, too. Uh, You know, Melissa and Trevor are just two great people in this world. uh, And, you know, they work hard and are always looking to give back to the community. So two, two excellent people. So very excited uh, to get Trevor's episode out there as well, too, and share with you guys. On Friday, I have an awesome interview with Glenn Sharp. He is a lineman for Tolman. A great interview with Glenn. I really enjoyed our conversation. That kid could brighten up a room uh, in any, uh, if you're just having a bad day uh, and you want someone to cheer you up, you mean like I was really sick and I did the interview and I talked to Glenn and I felt better just because of his energy. He's just a great kid. So great interview with Glenn on Friday as well too. And then Sunday, obviously, we bring back to you the recap show uh, with Ramon and myself as we recap all the games from Friday uh, and as well as Saturday, uh, so be on the lookout for that on a on Sunday. So we will see you guys on Wednesday. Have a safe Monday, and see you guys Wednesday.